How you doing? This is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm TJ Miller. And right now you're listening to Sandra Carusi. The one and only Sandra Carusi. Carusin on down the listing highway. Welcome to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640 and HD Radio. Welcome to Inside Jokes. I'm Santa Cruz. I'm really, really excited because we have a star-studded uh, show. We do every week, actually. But this show actually combines people from different genres. But um, we all have something in common, and we're going to talk about that. On the phone live from Mississippi is World's Wrestling Federation champion of the world. It's not WWF. Like Tom's going, no, it's not. It's well, WWE. It used, it used yeah. to be. But what I knew it as at the time was WWF. In the golden age. Yeah, like me. I'm golden aging yeah. as a hormonal teenage girl. I, wa- I You're the cutest. <laughs> Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. Yay. That's right. Actual studio audience. Right. Yeah. The million dollar man. <laughs> What's that? Is the million dollar man? I just liked you for what your that? money. Oh, uh, well, hey, you know what? Whatever makes you, you know, you know hey, there's a price for everything. <laughs> and, and everybody's got their price. Uh, that's right. And we're going to talk about um, your connection to comedy uh, because you have uh, um, a show coming up at Absolute Comedy here in Toronto on April 9th. An evening with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Tales from the Road, In and Out of the Ring. That's pretty exciting. That's going to yeah. be a good show. So we're going to talk about that in studio. We have uh, a very big improv artist and comedian, Colin Mockery. Hello, Colin. Hello. I'll clap for him. Um, yeah, oh, I was wondering if not? that was happening. Yeah. Oh, I got it. God, seems very so quiet. shy. Colin and I, we, we know him from the Drew Carey Show, the Ron James Show, Royal Canadian Air Force, and this hour has 22 minutes. Appeared on late night television across Canada and U.S., and of course, known for the long-running tenure on British and American versions of the hit improv, Whose Line Is It Anyways? I love you on that. You're such you. a talent, Colin. So blessed to have you here. Along with Stephanie Herrera. Um, I know, this is this, do you feel sad now that I know. I'm... I know. I know. Trust me. Don't But you're, uh, you're yourself, I recognize you in lots of commercials. You're an actress, an improv actress. and Yeah. Um, Singer, voiceover actor, artistic mommy. director of yes. the Durham, the new not-for-profit uh, Durham Improv Big Collective, show. Inc., or Dicky. Dicky. Love it. <laughs> Big show Thursday, May 25th with Colin uh, and an all-star cast of Canadian Improv Heavyweights. Speaking of heavyweights, <laughs> Ted DiBiase on the phone, million dollar man. So you're, why are you doing this uh, Tales from the Road? What inspired you, Ted? Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, a friend that, I, well, he's become a friend, his name Jan, Jan Murphy, invited me to come up. Uh, there, they, were, they were doing an independent wrestling show as a chari- charity fundraiser. And uh, uh, so I said, yeah, I, you know, I'm all into that, you know, I'm, I'm actually a minister now and I travel and I speak and oh my gosh, I speak in, I speak in a lot of churches, but I speak in a lot of prisons, rehab centers. And, uh, you know, and I have a real heart for uh, underprivileged kids. So I said, sure, I'd like to come, you know, and they know, so I, I gave them a break on, on my fee, you know, to help them. And I said, Hey, let it go to the charity. And so he said, you know, Mick Foley and Jake Robertson, these guys, you know, they're starting to do these little tours where they go on the, and they appear at these comedy clubs and everything. And I said, well, I never really considered myself a comic. He said, but he says, don't you have all kinds of stories from, from your career and, and things like on the road? And I went, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you kidding? And so I said, I'll, I'll give this a try. And 
and we did, and it was like it just went so well. I couldn't believe it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, I've got a lot of stories, a lot of funny things that that have happened in, in my career, both in the ring and out of the ring, mm-hmm. uh, and and along with the people. And I know wrestling fans. They always want to hear those. They want to hear those stories, and they want to. They want to hear about what you know. They want to. They want to go backstage, and yes. so I thought, well, you know what? This is a mm-hmm. great. This is a great way to do it. And I said, so let's go for it. So, this will be my first uh, tour, so to speak, uh, at, at this new gig. So I'm kind of. Ex- I'm very excited about it. Oh, uh, one. Qu- they do want to go backstage, and one of the questions I kept uh, getting asked here from uh, folks about uh, Virgil. Why did you pick Virgil? as your guy and uh, your whole relationship with Virgil when you were the million dollar man. Well, actually I didn't, I didn't pick Virgil, uh, the WWE who mm-hmm. picked, they picked him and they basically picked him for his, you know, for, for the look he had, you know, he was a chiseled guy, had that stern look, bald headed. And, you know, he looked like, you know, he looked like a bodyguard type. And that was the whole, the whole thing was Virgil was supposed to be like my valet and you know, I'm I'm the rich guy with all the money that just you know <laughs> so eighties, right? Everybody yeah. with, tries to abuse everybody with his wealth. A bully, you know, and when a like a president of the United States, kind of almost a little bit. <laughs> you know, I won't go there. No, I know uh, we're Canadian. We go there uh, when the uh, you know when a bully's confronted. Most of the time, he backs right down. Mm-hmm. And so when I would be confronted, I'd step back and say, "Virgil, take care of the light work." And, <laughs> uh, and, and so that was the whole thing. But he was he was handpicked. I didn't pick him number one. Uh, and you know, um, I've I've done some autograph shows with Virgil in the past, mm-hmm. but I just started hearing stories about uh, things that he was doing or what you know. And, uh, and I'm not gonna I'm not oh, gonna gossip on the radio and, and and gossip about the guy. But I just found out some things, and I went, you know what? You know, I'm not, I'm not doing myself any good mm-hmm. by staying there. I think that's why so, people wanted me to ask you the dirt. You were known yeah. as the great talkers, which is now you're a preacher, and so there you go. But you're one of the elite talkers ever. How did you master that laugh, which is your trademark? And I'd love to hear it if you can do it as we go into break. You Ted know, DiBiase. what's really what was, what's really funny is is the laugh that I did on television is it's an extension of the way I, I really laugh, only just very exaggerated and i had done an interview uh and we used to do our interviews you know at when we do our tv shoots and we you know what we used to do them for all the markets you know like you know the next friday in toronto and next sunday and wherever uh and gene okerlin was there for all of that well i do this interview and i just ended it laughing that way and vince mcmahon happened the boss happened to be walking by <laughs> and he heard it and he said and he go with it head in the door and he went, that's it. Can that's we hear it right now? Man. Can we hear you do it? <laughs> oh, I love it. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, uh, which is about $4 Canadian. I'm Sandra Carusi with Colin Mockery and Seven Herrera. More on this after the break on Inside Jokes Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, this is Russell Peters, and you're listening to Sandra Juicy Carusi. <laughs> and we are here inside jokes with Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man from WWE. And um, he's known, uh, he's also a, a clergyman now, a preacher, Ted, right? Live on the phone That's with correct. us. 
In studio, in studio, we have Colin Mockery, um, a very famous Canadian improv performer from Whose Line Is It Anyway, and Stephanie Herrera. They're talking about their show coming up May 25th at the Regent Theatre in Oshawa. And Ted is on the line with us because he's going to do uh, an evening with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Tales from the Road, In and Out of the Ring, at Absolute Comedy, April 9th. D- Dean from taco.co. <laughs> taco. taco. My yeah. uh, co-host here, Ted, has a question. Yeah, Ted, Ted was the, the greatest villain in the history of the then really? the WWF, by the way, it's WWE now. But when it was the WWF, I lost a tooth one time to my brother off of a coffee table. <laughs> my brother was Million Dollar Man. I was probably Ric Flair at the time. Oh yeah, and uh, I lost a tooth, and that hasn't that only happens rarely now. I only fight my brother at Christmas time once in a while. Used to Ted, be over wrestling, yeah, but I I've had to apologize for a lot of uh, broken furniture. Yeah. Over the oh, years. there was oh, a, yes. there was a lot of that in my house. On Saturday mornings, for sure. It was like cartoons and then you guys. But uh, we're seeing a lot of this now, actually. There's there's a few wrestlers coming out, mm-hmm. like, you know, iconic wrestlers from, from Ted's era, and they come out and they do these stories in a lot of comedy clubs, and that's a lot in Canada right now, because I think there are a lot of similarities, right, between wrestling and stand-up, where you're living out on the oh, road. Show. And, you know, you're well, in these you small know, towns. I mean, and, re- reality is, and I, don't, I, I can't speak for this generation of, of, of wrestlers, but I know that the generation that I grew up grew up in, you know, uh, the only thing I knew for certain when I walked in the ring was how it was going to end, because yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing soap opera. You're telling a story, and so what's the hook? How do we hook the people, keep them interested in what we're doing, and get them back next week? Yeah. But now and now now, and I might have known if I had history with a guy, like if I'd already had a match or two with a particular guy you know, in, in, in some feud that was going on, then we might say, okay, we might start the match this way. But everything in the middle was improv. Everything we did ah! was on the fly. And uh, 90% of the time, the, the, the heels, the bad guys, were the guys calling the shots. And, and it, so some people asked me that. Actually, Vince looked at me one day, and he said, Ted, he says, you're a lot like uh, uh, Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens was a great from, from years, years past. Him mm-hmm. and uh, Pat Patterson were t- an unbelievable tag team years ago. And he said, and I said, what do you mean? He said, if you ever asked Pat why he did anything in a match at any particular time, I'm not Pat, uh, uh, Ray, he said he, he really couldn't tell you. And I said, exactly. I said, because it's, it's, it's reaction. It's improv. It's, it's feeling the crowd. Mm-hmm. And and then and then doing it on the fly, and it's some it's an acquired skill over time, and you can't really. And I would say the same probably with guys that that do improv comedy. Yeah, it's like you know that's why how do you do that, and I, you, you you really can't explain it. It's kind of like when I would do an interview. Mm-hmm. I had an idea. Okay, I, I knew where we needed to go, but I didn't. You know, and when the little red light on top of the mm-hmm. pin came on, I'd start talking. So yeah, you're a character yeah. too. So I want to ask Colin Mockery, who is like a Canadian royalty when it comes to improv. I think it's safe to say, also because yeah. he's oh, in sure. studio, yeah. I'm going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie Herrera is along with us. Colin, what would you say when you watch wrestling? And not to put you on the spot because we got a big guy on the phone, mm-hmm. but did you? Um, obviously, you could tell it's improv. What would you say of the improv skills of wrestlers? Well, it's uh, sort of the same. Uh, skills that we would do in mm-hmm. an improv scene with 
less punching. It's uh, <laughs> you know working with your partner, uh, making them look good, uh, taking every little cue that they give you and uh, advance the scene or advance the match. In in, in this case, exactly. It's, exactly, it's all about being aware of the person you're working with. Yeah, and it's. I actually was just talking to our, our mutual good friend Michael Gelman about this, and he broke it down into even if you look at television in general, comedies used to be on the punchline. It used to be line get the laugh, and then he explained if you notice like with Mash and stuff, it started changing where it was over the shoulder shot and getting the reaction. Reaction. Interesting. Uh, it's not a, on the laugh on the line. It's on the reaction. And that's a huge thing that we do in improv is just give a reaction. Let's so, OK, with that, Ted, you really agreed when Colin said, um, you know, being generous with with the other person and really picking up on cues. What part really resonated with what these guys had to say about improv? Well, I mean, everything, because that's just it. It's like in uh, in our business. So like you got two guys in a ring and, you know, some of the guys. Some as fans, if you watched a couple of guys and, and they had the one of the hottest feuds, and oh my gosh, they hated each other. In reality, those two guys were very close hmm. because better chemistry. And you were you were working together to entertain the crowd, and so and it is a chemistry. And it's like now when I say calling the shots, yeah, there are we have our own little language, and there's there are, we call them we we would call spots or a high spot. Let's let's do this, but a lot of times. I would do something with someone I was wrestling by his body language. I just knew instinctively, you know, like if, you know, if, if I'm beating up on him and he starts staggering towards the corner, okay, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to run his head into the turnbuckle and I'm going to do something else. <laughs> My kids I, do I don't that. know. It, it, it's, but it's, it is. And different guys, we just called it doing the dance. So and did like you guys. Guys that I danced well together. Mm -hmm. uh, Jake Roberts was a, one of those guys. Jake the snake. Uh, Oh, yes, gosh, you know, he's another guy that's really great on the microphone as well. But, so did you know yeah, ahead of time, did you guys plan who was going to win? Of course. Yes. It's, it's showbiz. Okay. You know, uh, and and we, uh, you know, of course, the the thing that uh, that irritates most of us is people go, well, well it really this isn't a sport then. I said, well. Who said you know, it was? We, we really do. Uh, get hurt and we really do yeah. put our mm. bodies out there and, and and what we i mean the conditioning that we and most of us have to go through anyway to do what we do is intense that's like and, colin uh, mockery said that mm. on whose line is it anyway yeah. they'd hurt each other a lot oh, yeah. <laughs> and the conditioning well, you should see him yeah. and okay. you can so, see a lot of that right like you'd see a lot of these guys get sort of chewed up and spit out by oh that yeah because, that was real that was not yeah. improv and uh, wrestling ted dibiase thank you so much uh, for being on the phone with us and talking about what you cut coming up here at the Absolute Comedy on April 9th, folks. You want to check that out. Uh, buy your tickets at Absolute. An evening with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, which seemed like a lot of money at the time, which is probably the yeah. one billion dollar man now. I think if we went there, yeah, was, yeah. But yeah, you were, yeah, if, I'd, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to move up to be the billion dollar man now. Million, million bucks is some change now. Just one quick line I have to ask you, being a preacher now, what made right. you, do you regret anything you did back then? Anything I did in wrestling? Well, there's a lot of, man, I wrote a book about it. Uh, you know, every man has his price. And, yeah. uh, nice. um, and, and uh, there's a lot of things I would change. I, I think that the one thing that the, the WWE has done that is a really good thing is they have a very stringent, stringent drug testing uh, rule mm. now. I mean, in terms of, you know, steroids and, and, and everything else. It's kind of like, uh, I remember when my son was working there for a little while, he said, even if I went to the doctor and got, got 
diagnosed with the flu and they gave me, you know, some kind of antibiotic, I have to call the WWE doctor and let them know I'm taking that because if it shows up in a, a urine oh, test wow. and I haven't told them, then I'm then I'm off for 30 days. Mm. So there's accountability in this building. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like we were like. It's like rock stars. I mean, uh, yep. you know, you're on the road. It's the next. Sh- it's the next town. The next show. The next yep. party. You know, blah 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 blah. You know, awesome. and it's kind of like stardom isn't what you think it is. I mean, you go out right. there and yeah, you you excite that you know a crowd full of people. I mean, oh my gosh, one of the biggest WrestleManias for me uh, was in Toronto at Sky Dome. Oh, uh, you got huge fans here. Woo. And yeah, and and that was huge. But you know, when that show's over, and I go back to my hotel. Uh, you know, I go back to a hotel room and I've got a TV in the room and mm-hmm. I'm staring at four walls. Just and my you. family, my yep. wife and my children are, are 2,000 miles away. And that becomes a very lonely place. And that's how all that start, that other stuff well, starts. We're going to yeah, hear more of this. things I would have done. I would have done differently. Well, you were going to hear about it, and I'm sure, at the evening with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase at Absolute Comedy, Absolutely. April 9th. We're going to come back after the break with our in-studio guests, uh, Improv Royalty, Colin Mockery, and Stephanie Herrera. I'm Santa Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640. This is Kay Trevor Wilson. You're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi. Akeem Optical makes fine, fine eyewear. Welcome back to Inside Jokes Talk Radio AM 640. I'm Santa Carusi, and we have Colin Mockery, Mr. Improv. That's what we're going to call you. That's nice. your wrestling name. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Mr. Improv. Fearsome. That's fearsome. And Stephanie Herrera, Ms. Messi Ghana. Sophia had <laughs> Sophia. Messi, what? <laughs> Sophia, see, you're so quick. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Dean, what were you saying? Well, uh, ordained minister. I was talking about yeah. Ted DiBiase going from wrestler to a minister, and that's a that natural progression, you said. Well, uh, Colin said that comedians do that too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm Dean Young, the $200 man. <laughs> And uh, I'm an ordained minister in the oh, in the dear. great city of Modesto, California. Wow. Why? Yeah. Did Universal actually, Life Church. Did you actually go there? Or did you just do that on the no, line? No, I, uh, I just did that through was, Rolling yeah, Stone magazine. He was vaping. <laughs> he was vaping and stoned his helmet. I cut it out and I tried it to marry like three of my friends. To each other? Or to to each other, not oh, to me. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, that too. But uh, okay. they wouldn't let me. Sorry, Colin Mockery's here. I have to. I know. Like, come on. He has an actual job. I got nothing. You got nothing? I'm going to just throw it out there. Right. We're gonna. I, I was hoping after you and Stephanie, we could do all of us like a wrestling um, improv moment. Sure. Yeah. Can we do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I took actually our producer Vince. We took Second City classes. That's how I know him. And look at us now. I, you doing mean, nothing. I mean, we could have had a radio show, Colin. <laughs> Damn. All the improv. Well, so Colin, you've managed to maintain um, something rare in Canadian comedy, which is working regularly, mm-hmm. both in U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, known for whose line is it anyway? Um, like the, I just, Wayne Brady, uh, Drew Carey, uh, and sorry, what's the tall guy, the other guy? I don't know. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Is that it? Stephanie, Ryan. please. Yeah. <laughs> I watch the show. He doesn't. Ryan Styles. Ryan Styles. Sorry. Yeah. I just, uh, He's like Johnny out. Depp. He'll do the show and he's like, why do I have to watch it? I was there. Yeah, exactly. Colin, yeah. I, watching the mastery there, not just because I've got the background, I think anyone, improv is such the hardest form of entertainment. I always say mm. stand up is. But once you do improv, boy, because yeah. you're relying on the generosity of like what you mentioned earlier of the, the other person, right? Yeah. Like, what if you have a partner? Now, everybody's pro on there, so it, you had generous partners, right? Yes. So if someone's not as good as you, though, in improv, there's problems. Oh yeah, I just blow by them. 
Uh, <laughs> throw them to the wolves. Uh, yeah, you need that. Uh, you know, it's, it is an ensemble art. Uh, to me, stand-up is way, way harder. No. Yeah. I can't believe you said that. Well, oh, absolutely. I, I agree, absolutely. Because with stand-up, they realize that you have had time. You've had time to write your material. You've practiced. So they're they judgy. expect it. You're very judgy. And they're like, okay, make me laugh. Where in improv, they're so forgiving. They understand we're literally coming up with nothing. So it's a and They're giving audience. us material. So they want us to succeed yeah. because they're a part of the show. So we have a little more leeway to suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? <laughs> We got like 10 more minutes than you guys. Do you know what's fun? For as long as we're uh, close cousins between improv and stand-up, I went to the Social Capital Theater and the nice girls there, Bree Watson was so kind to, she's improv, and Mm -hmm. so kind to give me some stage time because I had a show coming up and I need to do some stand-up. So everybody was improv in there and I went up and I just tanked really hard. (laughs) And I don't know if, uh, like it was material that was tried and true. Like it ended up, my show ended up doing well. But I think if people go to see improv, they kind of want to see improv. I don't know if they're into watching. The yeah, stand-up. they said no end to you to your set. They didn't want to see any of your stand-up. <laughs> yeah, there's no yes. Or maybe end. I just suck. Well, um, it's a totally different vibe in the room, though, right? Yeah. So, yeah, do you find absolutely. that with your Colin, for example? Yeah, we. I mean, I rarely uh, do shows where there's a mix. Usually, it's either all stand-up mm. or it's all improv. And I, I think the audience do get into sort of a mindset of of what they want to see. So. Sorry about that. I feel like <laughs> somehow I'm responsible, but I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> What's your favorite? Um, can you think? I'm a, there's so many experiences, but there must have been like a key sketch where you just killed it with your partners. Who was it? Which one was it? Is there something that comes you're to mind? Drop the mic. The scene yes. that uh, if someone hasn't seen the show and doesn't know what it is, I always say, watch this scene. And it's the one with um, Richard Simmons. Oh, God. Uh, which I still think so is like one of the funniest scenes. Uh, On whose line is it anyway? Yeah. yeah. I saw it. It was uh, oh my God. great for many. Part of the reason was because Richard was just so committed to, uh, basically we used him as a prop in the scene. I used him as a jet ski <laughs> that had um, overtones. <laughs> it was yes. weird anyway. Yes. But it was one of those where everybody was working well together. We were having a lot of fun, um, which I think the audience always picks up on. Um, so it, it really was, it had a beginning, middle, and end, which sometimes is rare mm, in improv. That's the hardest part. Yeah. So and uh, Richard Simmons nice. hasn't been seen since, actually, since that. Yeah. Just, a, <laughs> just coincidence. a coincidence. Okay, I'm just wondering. <laughs> it was so good. It was that scene. And I remember it was, it, I, I thought I just caught it. And it's interesting that you said that's one of the best ones because it was on fire. Like everything. You guys did nothing wrong. Like it just boom, boom, boom. And so you think Richard's role was a big part of it, right? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. he, um, he threw himself in there. He didn't have any improv experience. But right. He did what you want. He went with whatever we gave him. He added stuff on, of his own volition. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, just one of those magical moments where everything came together. I think his background, though, there's certain jobs where you have skills. Like, okay, he taught aerobics. Okay, so what am I? But there was improv in the show that he did because he had to make stuff up and make cardiovascular activity exciting. And, and to be a, a major cheerleader, like he had, pe- he you have to have people skills to be able to run right classroom and really show up. <laughs> One thing I say after taking improv, I think it is a source of skill for any job, anytime, anywhere. Absolutely. I will put my kids through it. Right? Yeah, and that's exactly Stephanie? what the, that I always talk about when I. Uh, pitch programs and things it's they usually say when I started the classes up at Fleming College for example they said well who should we offer this to who would be ideal to take improv and I said pretty much anybody Mm -hmm. who's going to be in front of another human being the rest of their life at some point in their life basically our lives are improvised yeah no one hands you a script 
yeah. at the beginning of the day. Except when you're in L.A. where everybody has a... <laughs> Uh, and they're talking. Yeah. But you two, uh, we're just going to go to break and talk more. But May 25th, that's what you're doing there at the Regent Theatre in Oshawa. The proceeds of that night are going to yeah, what, Stephanie? We are trying to, we are attempting to fund uh, programs, free pro- improv programs for community living to so adults with special needs, as well as our local abuse shelters out in Durham Region, because of exactly that the character building, the confidence mm-hmm. boosting, everything that is improv, we really felt that it should be given to more vulnerable populations or, or just people that just don't have that access. Uh, available to so them. impressive more with Colin Mockery Stephanie Herrera on improv here on Inside <laughs> Jokes talk radio Inside Jokes talk radio AM 6 <laughs> I We're can't improv let the record skip let I the record skip I can't improv Hi, this is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra the Cruiser Carusi. Mm-mm-mm, gotta get me some of that. Talk Radio AM 640, we talk an improv. I'm feeling improvisational with Colin Mockery and Stefan Her- <laughs> Herrera, some of the greats in the country. Oh, boy. Uh, I was going to oh, say you're improving. There we go. Am I, am I As falling? the show goes on, but then I, you try to do that. So. Wait, can we do a little <laughs> sketchy? Can, can we? Sure. Can we, we can, do a Russian <laughs> You can do it's anything you show. want. I know. Please do. Who wants to get on? Vince, do you want to? Because we took Second City. We were great partners, by the way. Were we, we not? Cheated. What? We cheated. We cheated. Why How did, did cheat? you cheat improv? Yes. You- we would, uh, whatever the exercise was, Sandra and I would always uh, stay towards the back of the class and watch what other people were doing. <laughs> and in that meantime, prep our scene. Uh, <laughs> it is oh. Who cheats in improv? I, I, I thought you planted up, the crowd. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And we bomb. The only people laughing were us two. Yeah. Just like crack up. Well, did you guys have land. a duo name at least? No, we were idiots. <laughs> we're doing radio now. It explains. So you can't, Stephanie and Colin, are you disgusted? Like, are you just revolted by what we just said? Cheating. Who no. Che- you can't no. cheat. No. No. Did you ever do that, Colin? Did you ever prepare with your partner? Like, for no, because you find, uh, because your partner doesn't know what you're doing, um, he won't follow the script you've just made in your mind. So if you will <laughs> screw it up with the very first line he says, and you're immediately, then you're stuck in this idea that you have that nobody else has. So when I'm improvising, basically most of my warm-up is um, feeling secure enough to walk on stage with absolutely nothing and just trusting it's all going to work out. Okay, here we go. I'm Vince McMahon, and we're here <laughs> in World's Wrestling Federation. We have two of the greatest wrestlers of all time, with some in the background, too. First of all, we have this guy. Yes, uh, I'm the accountant. <laughs> I, uh, I will add up your bruises and make you pay at the end of the quarter. <laughs> and he'll be matched against this chick. Calamity Jane, yeah. <laughs> and what do you have to say, Calamity, to him? The I've accountant? been around this game for longer than he's been on this earth, and his grandmother, I'm ready to take him down. Well, you should really look into some senior discounts, because uh, <laughs> it will help you um, what? save some money. I'm just saying you can save a little money if you actually uh, keep your receipts. And ah! <laughs> You like that? Old... Oh, wait, that was your leg. I tried for your arm. Hit a hold still. That wasn't my leg. Oh, you're going down, Mockery. Oh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> oh, you're mocking me, in a, a, Mockery. <laughs> oh, look at that. Taking my shirt off. <laughs> I, I don't think that's fair, lady. 
I have now I can't concentrate because I'm looking at your fairly old breasts. All right, <laughs> fine. I'll pick them up off the ground. Help me tuck them back in. <laughs> there you go. Vince McMahon here with the world wrestling great accountant and Calamity Jane, the senior citizen wrestler extraordinaire. I was wrestling before we had rings. <laughs> In my day, we used Stonehenge and we liked it. No ropes, rocks. I've never been so attracted to a, uh, someone I'm wrestling, and I love older women because they're so grateful. Oh, hey, you want to take a nap? Okay. I love improv. This is improv live on Inside Jokes uh, with Colin Mockery and Stephanie Herrera because they're going to be doing a show May 25th at the Regent Theater in Oshawa. Um, and, and what you've just heard will not be part of it, folks. <laughs> Probably not. No. Yeah. No. It was our wrestling tribute because earlier on the show we had Ted DiBiase, yeah. who talked openly about obviously improv and wrestling. And um, when I so he said they knew who was going to win. You no, know, he didn't say that. Yeah, no, did they he, did. They knew who would win. Yeah, yeah, but not the the way to get from point A to Which point B. Which sometimes we have that in in improv. Sometimes we'll get can we get a, a, a ending line or we just oh, blow yeah? a line and stuff, and we just have to find our way there. So what are you guys working on for that night? What kind of things could we see for May 25th? I don't know. We haven't... uh... Oh, good, because I had no idea. No, we're just going to show up, and we're going to have some dinner with sponsors, and... um, Who are your sponsors? Plug the sponsors. Oh, hey, we don't have any yet, so we're looking for sponsors. (laughs) That's improv. Basically just for the dinner. (laughs) Yeah, Feed us. Feed (laughs) us. Absolutely. And uh, they're all getting uh, front row seats, so yeah, we do have some space. We have some people that are interested, so we do some uh, available spots for sponsors as well, but... uh, And we're talking about our key sponsor, our presenting sponsor. Sponsor we're working on. Hopefully, this is going to work out where they get to fly. They get flown in with Colin on a private plane. Oh, cool. Past the CN Tower, right to Oshawa. How could that go wrong? Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's what my husband says. And that's the day comedy died when the plane <laughs> suddenly, you're going to kill comedy, Stephanie. Now it Colin, happen. where is your home base? Is it Toronto? Toronto. Yeah. Oh, it is. And then what are you doing in the U.S. now? Anything? Uh, I'm touring with uh, Brad Sherwood, who's on uh, Who's Line. We just finished another season of Who's Line. Still going. It's like the Walking Dead of improv shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just will not die. So uh, a lot of touring. I have a show with my wife, Deb. Um, and what are you and Deb doing? Uh, we do a show that's half improv and half about our lives. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, mostly wrestling stories, weirdly, <laughs> oddly enough. <laughs> so how would that work, half of your life and half of improv? Uh, we just talk about how we've used improv in our life and our relationship. And then um, we... Uh, We've been married 28 years, so we find someone who's been Fabulous. married longer. We get their first date, then we act that out for them and um, uh, give people advice one word at a time. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. We're so, going to have you on my our other show, Single in the City Dating Relationship Show, and talk about the importance of improv in a relationship. Yeah. How and you go make it with to the flow. Yeah. Go with the flow. Well, I just, again, I can't reiterate how I just think improv is so important to life. Uh, when I think about my kids and stuff, because Stephanie, like you were saying, you're a teacher as well. For yeah. So the improv. school, I mean, the Durham Improv started as a school originally when I moved to Durham region from Toronto, originally just and uh, just as a school and, and find some talent, get back on on the stage. But it turned out that people were coming back to me in letters and people phone. Call, oh, my God, my kid has changed. Mm-hmm. I would get ADHD kids and uh, yes. functioning autistic and, and just they're they're making friends at school. They're suddenly trying out for plays and getting the leads like you've changed their lives. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I think my son, uh, my oldest son is ADHD, actually. And I think that was one thing for me, because first of all, with ADHD, some of the areas they point kids into is the areas of uh, entertainment, right? Like you, you, this chorus key building, like you 
can't not find someone who's not. Oh, look at the squirrel. Uh, uh, But it is part and part of entertainment. And I think might as well point kids in a healthy direction where they'll feel success because so many of the kids with ADHD don't feel success. And I think it's great what you're doing. And I think that's why it's so important. Um, I think sometimes in the arts, we don't see the benefit to the arts uh, in terms of development of children and all of us, really, and how it helps. I, I know a lot of business people who, Second City, for example, has their corporate classes, right, Colin? Yeah. And so does Durham Improv. And so, sorry, <laughs> sorry. There you go. I have to plug everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, corporations, I know they've done it here, because uh, it helps them in business and yeah. transactions, sales. Builds, I know it me. builds up teamwork and getting past that first idea thinking outside the box. So yes. And customer service, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So we'll talk more with Colin Mockery, Stephanie Herrera, here on Inside Jokes, Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, I'm South African comedian Trevor Noah, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio, AM 640. Inside Jokes, improvish kind of uh, <laughs> improvisational ish uh theme no it's one of my favorites uh i love stand-up like my love is there but i gotta say improv i wish i'm able to do it more often i try to do it on this show but i'm i just cut it all out you know what when i come back let's do some of these uh classes because i went and did i went and did a couple of those introductory ones at second city Uh uh-huh and i found even for even for stand-ups it's like you you go outside of your comfort zone so Mm -hmm. much and completely just and you get like i was lost up there for sure but i think that's part of it for the audience too right when they're watching actual improv Mm -hmm. shows is it's about the journey to get there and you get to watch people sort of fumbling through it and Mm -hmm. struggling and coming up with things on the spot i loved it though it's a bit different from stand-up where it's like oh i'm losing my footing right now Mm -hmm. not always so fun you know what i'm so glad you brought this up dean this is so important to stand up i found i think because of my background that i did in second city i did about three or four levels I'm able to do crowd work. That's what I was going to ask. How's your crowd work? Oh, it's that's yeah. honest oh, to God. Realize. You know yeah. what? It, I do a lot of events, fundraisers, corporate and stuff, and I play with the crowd. I just nice. had two back-to-back. Friday night, I was at the St. Patty's Day at the Legion, mm. and I walk in in Burlington, and everybody's over 70. <laughs> so now I'm abandoning material left, yes. right, and center going, okay, there goes the BJ jokes right there. That's about 95% of my stuff. But now I have to peel and look at the audience and now change everything. And I went, thankfully my mom's in a retirement home, and I kind of just went in that one direction. But I was able to do that because of my skill set in improv. Mm-hmm. And I think for stand-ups, it's so important because yeah. you, you walk in a room, you don't know what you're going to get. There's some comedians who won't abandon their material. Like they'll, they're I've two- seen those. Those aren't good shows. I saw one I, person, she's like, who's married here? And I think one or two per- people. And then she's like, oh, she just launched into all her marriage material and yeah. all the single people sat there just staring at her. They had no concept. Yeah, you, you have, have to be, be fluid with it. You have to. And there's what? some stand-ups actually that I know that they, where I'm like, where were you? They were in the back of the room watching the audience. Before they go on, yes. they watch the yep. reaction. Action. They yes, feel, yeah. they feel it out, and then they prepare, and they go, "Okay, I'm going to skip that joke. This joke, this is going to fly," and then they go up. Seems like smart. a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> you saying. don't think so with improv? Oh my god! Oh, gosh. with improv, you just show up. Yeah, and exactly. Hope it works yeah. out, and then you oh, leave. stretch a little. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, pretty much. What, uh, Colin, when have you been the most Colin Mockery here? Oh my god, from whose line is it anyway? I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, when were you the most nervous, or where you just thought you were going to tank? And what's that like? I have, uh, well, I've never, you never tanked, tanked. <laughs> so that makes it, um, you know, you never, uh, you never, 
at least I never go into a show thinking, okay, this is going to be the greatest thing ever, because mm-hmm. you, you just never know. Uh, we did one for a, a corporate show for Google, and I thought, oh, this should be good. These are people who, you know, think outside the box. They're young. It was just the worst. Oh. They didn't laugh. They didn't find anything funny. Um, really? Uh, yeah. So you, that, that just goes. The what? beauty of improv is, uh, in a show, if you do a bad scene, you're on to the next one immediately, and everyone forgets if that the next scene is good. So uh, I can never remember any shows. Uh, I only remember horrible parts because you're just trying to survive for that mm-hmm. uh, a period. And I, the beauty of improv shows, it's your opening and closing night because no one will ever see that show again. And you can never explain, oh, they did this really funny scene where there were two horses. And you go, yes. well, why was that? Fun? Well, you had to be there. Yeah. And you, you actually, you, you do have, you to, have be to be there. You have to be there. So Colin, then who's your favorite, um, I guess, comedic actor, sketch artist, Anything in that category? Uh, I was a big John Cleese fan, so oh. I would always uh, watch anything he did and probably stole some stuff from him. But I, you know, I. Uh, you I do l- remind love me of him. Now that I think about it, <laughs> thank you. In a good way. Okay. No, well, we With all delivery have... and your yeah your yeah. Yeah. So, I, so when I was a kid, I watched all Monty. everything from you know Buster Keaton and. Uh, Charlie Chaplin to uh, Dick Van Dyke and Jack Benny to Monty Python, SCTV. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I love comedy. I love laughing. You love laughing. Stephanie, who would you say you're I always favorite? say that it was something that I was had that wonderful moment of watching Carol Burnett as a child uh, and just saying to myself, oh, okay, so that's what you do. You just get your own show and they call it the <laughs> yeah. Stephanie Herrera show and I get <laughs> friends to perform with me. So that was always something that just made sense. So that that was great for me to go, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And then, be, I mean, people, I just mentioned this actually before we came in that people say, you know who you remind me of? Don't take offense. And then I finish it by saying, you're going to either say Gilder Radner or Andrea Martin, mm-hmm. I would never take offense at that because Andrea Martin specifically on SCTV showed me how mm-hmm. a beautiful woman can go super ugly. Carol Burnett did this too. They yes. were beautiful women Lucille who played Ball. the ugly mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. and they got into those characters and I went, oh, I can do that. I'm a weird character actor. I can do that. So that just showed that you can have both. Oh yeah. Some of your characters, they're not all glam. I've seen and you're you're just great. No, but that's <laughs> yeah. good because yeah. you're a beautiful girl. Oh, you got to ugly it down to get sometimes respect in in the work and the yeah, art. Yes. Well, that's almost like right. yeah, right. Colin, yeah, you, got ugly, always, you always, got an ugly down, dude. I always play down. When you have those ravishing Alec Baldwin kind oh, of features. You. Yeah. <laughs> you were Alec Baldwin and, and John Cleese in one oh, segment. Yeah. Yeah. He's versatile. I'm feeling good. Actually, that's a good combo right there. And oh, doesn't yeah. it happen in stand-up too that sometimes there are some really beautiful stand-up mm-hmm. comics and they say, but you're too pretty. You can't be funny and mm-hmm. good looking. Do mm-hmm. you get that a lot? I hear about it. The women who come in here, we talk about that. Well, Sometimes you're a statuesque mic. blonde yourself. Oh, uh, Not statuesque. natural, but she's a da- <laughs> statuesque. You know what? There's certain things I don't wear on stage, and uh, and I try to make the funny faces, too, and um, because I just want to go with it. Like, I don't want like to focus uh, on being Aisha, pretty. Exa- like, the Aisha Tylers of the world and stuff, who are so drop-dead gorgeous, but yes. then they can be goofy, and it's just yes. like, oh, I like that. Carol Burnett, man, I love oh, her. What a yeah, treat that yeah. we got to grow grow up watching yeah. with these people. I got to meet Harvey Carmen and Tim Conway once. <gasps> oh, nice. Oh, I got uh, excellent got their table at dinner because the maitre d' thought I was Tim Conway. Oh, that's good. Oh, we're going to talk about <laughs> I that I grew after up the watching break. all the dwarf, dwarf movies, all of Tim Conway's dwarf We're going to talk about okay. this after the break on that's Talk Radio right. AM 640. Hey you, I'm Maggie Casella, and you're listening to Inside Jokes with my friend Sandra Carusi on Talk Radio AM 640. Nailed it. 
I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. What's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today is a tip for the new first-time homebuyer. Get your finances in order and get a mortgage pre-approval, even before you decide to look for a place. Like what? Well, you know, in today's real estate market, buyers need to move really fast when putting in an offer on a place. So they need to know what amount is safe for them in order to get a mortgage to cover it. And a mortgage pre-approval lets you know what you can afford. For anyone I can help, call or email me with any questions. They can reach you at hgp at bosleyrealestate.com. 416-322-8000. 416-322-8000. Talk Radio AM 640 with Stephanie Herrera and Colin Mockery telling us just before the break when he met Tim Conway and Harvey Corman. Oh my gosh, what yeah. happened? Um, we were in Des Moines. Uh, Brad uh, Sherwood and I just finished a show. We went uh, back to our hotel and we thought, well, we'll go have a drink in the restaurant. I walk in, the maitre d' runs up. Yes, your table is over here. So I go, and there's this table for like 20 people. I said, well, there's just the two of us here. We'll, we'll just sit over there, as you wish. <laughs> so I, I said, and then two minutes later, Tim Conway and uh, Harvey Corman came in, and they got that table. And so I, um, I went over and said hi and spent like half an hour just talking to them. Wow. And now uh, uh, Mr. Conway and I are Twitter pals. Oh, that's well, awesome. He always uh, does bald jokes, which I think is, <laughs> really? <laughs> Really, Tim Conway? It's great because, Colin Mocker, you're such uh, an icon in in the business. And then you have these guys that you meet, these iconic guys. So everybody's got someone they oh, look up to. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Stephanie Herrera, thanks for coming. Colin Mockery, your show, May 25th, 8 p.m. at the Regent Theatre, Oshawa. How do you get tickets quickly, Stephanie? DurhamImprov.com. Awesome. And thanks to our sponsors, of course, Hakeem Optical, helping us see comedy better. Huh? <laughs> and uh, against the Green Urban Tavern, we're going to eat some there. And uh, Holly Garvey, Penny Real Estate, uh, and um, and so many more, um, like a celebrity limo who gets me to my gigs on time. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dean from Taco.co. Hey, have anytime. fun on tour. Next week, we have Ian Sirota joining me in the seat. And uh, lots more fun stuff here on Inside Jokes. Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey, it's Teggy Tom, and this week's Comedy Rx featuring classic clips of Colin Mockery. You know, if you order right now, we'll send absolutely free a box of fresh air. That's right, air. Fresh air, we just can't give away fresh air. Yes, we can, from the makers of Breathe Free, makers of Air for Eternity. <laughs> Dr. Seuss-inspired pickup lines. Could you do it with a friend? Could you do it end to end? Would you do it on a goat? Would you do it with my coat? Would you do it in a tree? Would you do it while I see? He 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 To the six o'clock news. I'm your anchor, Pierre, because my bladder's empty. <laughs> you know, for as long as I can remember, I've had memories. And one of my favorite... Another amazing Comedy Rx to wrap up our show. Thanks to Dean Young, our producer, Vince Tedesco, Techie Tom, and our intern, Tevin. Check us out on social media at Inside Jokes 640. Thanks for listening each and every week. I'm Sandra Carusi, and you've been listening to Inside Jokes on Talk Radio AM 640.